Ready? Born ready. Welcome to This Week in MTG with your hosts, Matt, Danny, Anthony, and Big G. Hello and welcome, Magic Folk, to episode 213 of This Week in MTG. Holy shit. Yeah, your aggregate news podcast for all things Magic the Gathering. Mm -hmm. We're your hosts. I'm Matt. We got Danny. What's up? And that's, that's it. it. That's all you need. That's all you need. You got the OG crew here. Almost OG. Gen 2. You got the Gen 2. You got the Johto crew. Gen 2 minus 1. Gen 2 minus 1. Or minus half. Oh, oh. Out of the Gen 2 starters, who is who? Gen 2? So Cyndaquil, Totodile, and Chikorita. Who oh, Totodile. 100% of the time. You're I'm always water. Okay, you're, so you're Totodile. Would that make JB uh, Chikorita and I would be Cyndaquil? Yes. Yes. Okay. He can't defend himself, so that's why he's getting stuck with the, the chickarita yes. there. Starter is always water. Always. Have you played any of the new Pokemon games? No. Okay. Well, the newest I've played was Pikachu. Let's or, go Pikachu. Uh, Eevee. Because you had Eevee. Pikachu. I did I had have Eevee. I did have Pikachu. I didn't. Surprisingly, did not finish that game. What? Yeah, I know. To the surprise of nobody, Matt, finish a video game. That no. game should only taken you like sixteen hours of gameplay to finish. <sighs> I got up to Sabrina. Pretty sure I got up to Sabrina on that, and then I just kind of fell off. I just didn't pick it back up. I I get it. So, yeah, we we, we were almost there. But side tangents galore at the beginning yep. before we even say thank you to your listener for taking your time out of your day to listen to us ramble on about who is who in the the Johto starter realm <laughs> and stuff like that. So, uh, gonna say thank you uh, for deciding to be here to listen to us it means a lot to us your support enthusiasm is truly inspiring and we're grateful for this opportunity to keep bringing you the latest updates and insights in the world of magic each week also we're gonna have to say a big thank you to the patreons of this podcast their generous contributions contribute to the success of the continued growth of this show uh, it helps pay for the the lights the mics the cards that get sent out so big thank you to amu the fox noah slade nikki no modifier christian barra chimera casey b ricky r chris o ranger dan crazy mage and whack p uh newest member whack p so Ooh. thank you so much uh yeah they were here at the beginning of the month oh nice stuff. you weren't here last week were you here the I week before i was not um I think so. Okay. At some point. I don't just know. forgot. Now, if you, listener, right here, right now, are being entertained or are enjoying the content that we are producing, you don't have to be a Patreon to support us. Go into the podcast app that you're using right now to rate and review us is tremendous enough. It raises us on those algorithms so other Magic players can find us. Uh, but honestly, easily my favorite way of supporting this podcast is just by telling your friends, your family, your LGS rival all about us. That's awesome enough. So 
Now, we would also be remiss if we did not mention our LGS sponsor, J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located here in Fargo, North Dakota. Speaking of, let's hear an ad from them now. J-Dub Sports Cards and Gaming, located in West Acres Mall in Fargo, is your one-stop shop for all your Magic the Gathering needs. In the store, you will find a huge selection of sleeves, playmats, and dice for you to personalize your battlefield with. Along with having a large variety of singles in their display cases, there are also binders and boxes for you to browse through. That much selection means that you will always find something you are looking for. J-Dubs is also the place to gather to play a wide array of formats with friends in the community. There is Commander League on Thursday nights, Modern League on Saturday afternoons, and Legacy Leagues on Sunday afternoons. And who can forget Friday Night Magic every Friday evening. J-Dubs has it all, Amonkhet to Zendikar and ways to sleeve, shuffle, and spell sling. Now let's get back to the episode. With all that podcast business out of the way, let's move to this episode's breakdown where we lay out what you're going to be hearing. Starting off with, we're going to have a podcast update at the top here. Then we'll jump over to the Boggle Desk with some event results and assault reports, salt and sugar. Upcoming events, we'll talk about a few, and then we'll jump into the news where we'll touch on... uh, to a couple quickies and then dive into more of the deeper stuff like uh, Hasbro laying off a bunch of employees. Imagine that. From there, we'll play everyone's favorite game, Conjured Currency. That we will. With Danny. He's going to get on the leaderboard now. As long as I'm beating Matt, that's all matters. <sighs> honestly, honestly, it's not that hard with the, the, the score going on. We'll cover the score when we get there. And when, when that's done, we're all done with this episode. So let's get on this. Let's start it off with the podcast updates that we have. Next Monday and the following Monday are going to be Christmas and New Year's Day, respectively. Yep. We're not going to be recording those days. Nope. We got other stuff we'd want to be doing. First off, mm-hmm. Christmas, we got family. Yep. We love our family. Just like you guys. Just like you guys. So, mate, I'm not even going to say. I'm not even going to say anything. So yeah, we're not. We're not going to have a recorded episode on those days, and we'll see you in the new year. So that would mm-hmm. be the eighth. The January. day. So speaking of the eighth, Matt's gonna be sore. Oh Jesus! Yeah. So, just want you guys to bear with us. Just give me a heads up. Yeah, maybe, maybe that could be like a little update, a little work into the the boggle desk there. So, mm-hmm. uh, to a little little behind the scenes, Danny and I we're part of an adult hockey league now, recreational mm-hmm. hockey league, yep. and it starts that Sunday. That it does. Did not realize that it's starting at 9 p.m. at night. <laughs> and I'm a garbage man, so I got to wake up early in the morning. Oh. <laughs> so my, my, my sleep is going to be very minimal, and I'm going to be very sore. I have been I have been working out a little bit. Not a lot, but enough to keep me like, okay, I can move my body more than what I was able to like a month ago. <laughs> you you are, Your lower back is going to kill. Good to know. It's gonna hurt. I'm gonna be doing stretches. I've been doing. Uh, I've been doing uh, hip flexor stretches right now because That's good. I'm like, because you see like all the all the goalies and all the hockey players when they're on the ice, they're like stretching their legs, especially mm-hmm. when, like doing that stretch. And I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna preemptively just start stretching like that now, so my legs are are very nimble. Yeah, you're definitely your hips are definitely gonna take a beating. Your back's gonna take a beating. So yeah, just get ready for it. So you'll you'll get an update, dear listeners, when that happens. Matt will instantly become like thirty years thirty years older than he actually is. Well, what about you, Danny? You're... Oh, my back is fucked. 
My back hurts right now. Well, then, there we go. Next up, let's move to the Boggle Desk, where we will cover a pioneer event that happened, the Dream Hack Atlanta. This was the biggest one that happened, not this last weekend, the weekend before, the 17th. That was yesterday. That was yesterday. That was this last weekend. Holy shit. My yeah. time is fucking gone. Yeah. That, that was yesterday there, sir. DreamHack so, was this weekend. DreamHack Atlanta, uh, Pioneer 5K, RCQ. Yep. We have a few decks to talk about here. We're going to start off with Anthony Ludquist running a Sultai Rona combo deck. Then we had Christian Bilan on Azorius Control and Dean Dean Thumb Dean, Dean Thummy Davis also on Azorius Control. It's D. Anthony Davis. D. Anthony Davis. It's all one word. D. Anthony M. Davis. It is difficult to read. <laughs> we got GP Kane, seven on Boros Convoke as well. Chris Ward, Omnath the Light. Michael Boland on Isaac Phoenix and Reed Alexander on Amelia Combo. And that was six. And then Amelia Combo, Adam Dizidi on Amelia Combo as well. With these decks now, we'll do the typical Garrett breakdown here. Mm-hmm. The metagame summary of this uh, Pioneer 5K at Atlanta, Rakdos midrange. Imagine that. 14% of the meta uh, with 31 decks. Is it Phoenix? 11.36%, 25 decks. Mm-hmm. Abzan, Amelia, Combo, Amelia Combo, 10% of the field. And that's that crazy one with Amelia uh, and Wild Growth Walker that explores when you gain life. Amelia, when you explore, you gain life. And then it gets to 20, blows the board, and you got a big, big there. And how they win is with the third piece of Dina Soul Steeper that came out in Strixhaven. So whenever you gain life, an opponent loses life. So you do that 20 times, your opponent's dead. If they haven't gained an excess amount of life by turn three. Right. So Amelia Combo, 10%. Azorius Control, 9%. 20 copies. Burroughs Convoke, 8%. 18 copies. And then we got Rack Sack at 5% with 12 copies. And those are all the decks with double digits in them. Most played cards in this format, we had Fable Push. Fatal Push. Fabled Push. Fatal Push, 296 copies, 37% of the decks. Fable of the Mirror Breaker, 34% of the decks with 283 copy. Thoughtseize, 281 copies, 33% of the decks. Blood Tithe Harvester, 20%, 179 copies. And with Rendering Volley at 160 copies, 30% of the decks. That's a lot of Rakdos cards there. But with a what do we say, a meta share of 14% for Rakdos midrange. And then you also have Rack Sack showing up at 5%. So almost 20% of the field being Rakdos of some sorts, some sort, roughly. Uh, makes sense. Then we got top creatures being Blood Tithe Harvester, 20%. Bone Crusher Giant, 19%. Shieldred the Apocalypse, 25% of the decks. Ledger Shredder, 13, and Lunark Veteran at 12%. This one is a, is a soul sister. White, 1-1 one, one human cleric. Whenever a creature enters the battlefield under your control, you gain a life. And it has Disturbed, so you can uh, cast it from the graveyard, and it has whenever a creature leaves the battlefield, gain a life. Hmm. So it's just a, a, a recursive soul sister there. Danny might be interested in that one. It's a common from 
Midnight Hunt. I don't even know what deck that's in out of the top ones here. Uh, life gain, probably the Amelia combo, or I, I doubt it's in Boris Convoke. So, yeah, probably the Amelia combo, which would make sense. Well, there was a mono white deck. Man. He's scroll down. There we go. Mono white humans. Yeah. I doubt it's in that one. That one's typically extremely aggro. Yeah, no, not there. But if we look at Amelia combo, it's going to be right there because that's going to trigger everything. Yep, Lunark Veteran, right there. I suppose the other self is Survivor. So you go, Dreamhack Atlanta, Pioneer 5K on the Sunday there. There we go. I oh, know the uh, the Pioneer of the metagame looking pretty good. You know, as, as everyone's saying, all Magic players that have been talking about Pioneer, it's in a good spot. You know, the the fact that Karn is gone, so no mono green. Like, well, let's take a look. Where was was there a Nykthos Ramp, 1.8%. With four decks. With four decks. And I'm just trying to see if there's like a green specific one maybe that... Because Nykthos... Let's do a little clicky click here. That's yep. mono green. Yeah, the mono green version just without Karn. And the thing that they're putting up in there, Uvenwald Oddity as the potential replacement, I guess, the four drop... It's green, green, two, four, four, beast, trample, haste, and then you pay five green, green, you transform him, and he becomes trample, haste, and all other creatures you control get plus one, plus one, and have trample and haste as well. So it goes very, very aggro not having Karn there. Or at least that's this build by Kazzy Baker that went to DreamHack Atlanta. Ugh. Little fun th- times, indeed. Little little side note here: I got a Nykthos deck. I've talked about it a few times before. Mono black that I've been playing in Explorer that I'm actually considering now, after playing it so much, of getting it in paper. Oh yeah, yeah. It's gonna be the the most expensive part of the deck is going to be Nykthos. The Nykthos, because I don't have any copies of that. And Nykthos, you should. I have four, or there, it's four four copies of Nykthos is 121 dollars. And I think I only have two copies. I'd probably have to take them out of my commander decks because one is in my Bruvac mono blue deck. Mm-hmm. And where's the other one? Somewhere. Maybe I have two copies. I have a few, I believe. Because I think I have those in... Well, I have one in my Oathbreaker. My mono white Oathbreaker. I think I have one... Or a few of them in my Soul Sister deck, I think. No, I don't. No, I don't have them in there. I think I have two of them. I know for sure because remember we bought those those uh, dual dual deck boxes from. Oh shit! Yeah, I haven't opened mine though. Yeah, you have one in there. Yeah. Or two, one per box. Yeah, it's one per box, so that's in there. So yeah, we bought those for that card exactly because it was cheaper to buy that than it is to I buy re- the card. I remember that. That was fucking hilarious. Yeah, it was. But uh, yeah, the mono black deck is Grey Merchant Vasvidel with Nykthos and uh, Fiend Artisan mm-hmm. as a way to like sack a creature, tutor it up. It has a single copy of um, Priest, Priest of the False God. No. Uh, black one, one, two, tap, sack two creatures, target opponent, loses two life, sacks a creature, and I make black, black, and draw a card. 
It's uh, Pri- Priest of the Forgotten Gods. There we go. Priest of the Forgotten Gods. And that's a pretty solid card. Only one of that. But uh, those Fiend Artisans, when you start stacking up that graveyard, because mm-hmm. uh, they get a plus one, plus one for each creature in your graveyard, and they're yeah. just two drop, and they can become like, I don't know, five, five, seven, seven. Pretty solid blocker there. Mm-hmm. Then it has the uh, activated ability of X hybrid uh, Golgari to sack a creature tutor for a creature of mana value X or less. So whatever you pay. So one thing I like to do is like, have any amount of devotion out on the battlefield and then just sack a little one drop creature to get a great merchant of Asphodel to play and like hit him, dome the opponent for like six life, 10 life, something like that. It's not very nice. It's very fun. But uh, we're not here talking about that. Let's talk about some event or. Do we just, we yeah. just skipped the salt report. Yeah. Do we have a salt report? No magic. Uh, well, so I didn't play. Uh, I guess this is kind of a salt report. Let's do a salt report on the this winter in MTG event that just happened this last weekend. I wasn't there. Danny was myself. not there. We had Chaos Draft. The turnout was pretty nice. We had six players, so not a full pod, but the Chaos Draft turned out well. We had one person bring in a conspiracy pack. Nice. Anthony brought in a Mirrodin Besieged pack, that so that introduced Infect into the game. God damn. Casey, he brought all Ixalan packs and had a pretty solid uh a pretty solid like uh black green red jund uh grindy deck hmm. yeah he, he had uh chupacabra brass's excavator and stuff like that and he was doing pretty good uh i don't remember the rest of the decks so the event turned out well everybody had a good time that was playing we had a lot of product to give away in raffles and i haven't counted the money yet but we got over $200 in uh, raffle tickets there nice. for the product. And Nomad, Nomadifier, was the lucky winner of the grand prize, which was a Commander Masters booster pack, uh, booster box. There we go. A value of $200. That he he paid, he got $60 worth of tickets. Hey, still <laughs> so turned a $140 profit. Locked that if, in. That is if his cards are actually worth $200. Easily. And he got a lot more than that, too, because we were also giving away... Uh, booster boxes of like jumpstart oh nice as well ranging from jumpstart 2022 and jumpstart dominaria united were okay. some other ones and those were uh nomad got one of each of those nice so he wa- he made away like a bandit honestly there you go. the next time we put on one of these events the amount of product that we were getting that we typically get so far in the two times we've done this very good the ev of these events for the raffles is really good for anybody who attends. And a, a side note here, 100% of the profits go straight to Magic Kids. Yep. All that money, Magic Kids. So that's pretty fucking cool. So I don't know. Uh, don't hold, I mean, hold your breath. Something might be coming in the summer again. Hopefully. So we'll, we'll, we'll keep see. you informed. But um, yeah, the event turned out well. I enjoyed that. I didn't get to play any. Uh, any of the the chaos draft i was behind the table selling the raffle tickets and i had the kiddos with me so uh little baby was doing very well uh being <laughs> being there and was playing he wasn't very fussy and the older one he was helpful there we go <laughs> he was helpful helpful he was, he, he as was, in like he didn't wreck anything yes <laughs> he, he was playing he was playing the switch he was having a good time he did not start so. he did not start fires yeah we're he's good He's not much of a, a magic player, unfortunately. That's that's dad's thing. But anyway, this upcoming event looks like it's going to be a fun one. Indeed. You want to take it? Sure. Yeah. 
uh, MTG Arena Festival in a box chaos sealed event returns. I don't know how you can have a chaos sealed within arena, but whatever. Um, so MTG Arena players in the United States will have the opportunity to win a physical uh, festival in a box Las Vegas 2023 during two newly added events. So over Christmas, December 22nd to the 21st, and then December 29th to the 31st, uh, playing either or both of the Festival in a Box events and reach six wins to receive a Festival in a Box shipped to you. So that's actually pretty good. Um, so for a reminder for what's in the box, so you get one Mystery Booster Convention Edition Booster Display. Uh, display units include 24 boosters. Uh, you have one Dan Fraser's Mox box. So you get foil etched secret layer drop. We have one Relentless Rat non-foil secret layer promo by Graham Yarrington. And then you have the Chaos Draft 24 booster grab bag. So that includes one Dominary Master, three Modern Horizons 2, one Dominary United, one Brothers War. Um, Brothers War. We got two Streets of New Capenna. We got three Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, three Wilds of Eldraine, four March of the Machine, one Fraction of All Will Be One, two Crimson, uh, Instead Crimson Vow, and the same for two for the Midnight Hunt. Um, so there's there's a lot of packs in there. And uh, the format for the Festival in the Box Chaos Sealed event is sealed with best of one matches. Perfect. Uh, you'll receive nine packs, each from a different standard legal set. The cards will be added to your collection, and you will use them in your ba with basic lands to build a 40-card deck. Players who reach six wins in the event will have a festival in a box shipped to them starting in January of 24. Um, so, again, events start uh, either on the 22nd at eight, uh, 6 a.m. Pacific time until December 6th. Under, wow. Until December 24th at 6 a.m. Or you can play the 29th, 6 a.m. to 31st, 6 a.m. So entry fee is 5,000 gems. Um, again, format will be best of one chaos sealed, nine packs with one pack from each of the following. So you have one from Midnight Hunt, one from Crimson Vow, one from Kamigawa, one from Streets and Capenna, Dominary Master, The Brothers of War, Frexy All Will Be One, Marshall Machines, and Wilds of Eldraine. Uh, structure is six wins or two losses. Um, and the rewards go as for six wins, again, you get the pedestal in the box. Five, you get your money back. Four, you get 2,000 gems. Zero to three wins, you get nothing. So, have fun. Good luck. And uh, get your six wins. Do it up. Uh, following that, there's uh, festival in-a-store events that are going on. So there are opportunities to, uh, to continue in January. Uh, with these going on from January 5th to the 21st, you can experience MagicCon from the comfort of your local game store with a unique event run from a festival in a box. Eight players will face off and draft from a pod of 24 packs across 11 recent sets of Magic. Go undefeated and win the coveted Dan Fraser Mox Box and Relentless Rat promo. We bring it up because Paradox, local store in Fargo, yeah, mm -hmm. they are going to be putting on theirs. So that will be going on January uh, January 5th. But leading up to that, they have a festival in a store qualifier to 
play for one of the eight seats for the festival in a store event. Mm-hmm. And that event is going on Saturday, December 30th. Uh, 30 bucks uh, to win a seat in the eight-player festival in the box. Dino Size Chaos Draft. They're providing three random standard draft packs to each player, as well as one March of the Machine draft booster. And then there's prizes for the top eight and stuff for there. So that'll be linked down below. Uh, highly recommend a Chaos Draft. We enjoy Chaos Draft. That Chaos Draft event that we hosted was pretty fun. So if you get a chance, check your LGS to see if they're doing a festival in a store or an, uh, a qualifier to get one of the eight seats for a f- festival in a store event mm-hmm. there. Because that, I don't know, it's worth it. It's worth checking out. Right. And uh, I guess obligatory Command Fest uh, Chicago is coming up in February here. We'll cover more details. A lot of the information is starting to come out. Uh, what's going to go there. I think they got their list of all the events, the, uh, the signups for side events there that are going on. And I think they have the content creators and the full list of artists that will be available. And we will definitely be talking about that when the new year turns around, just in case more stuff comes out. Because I don't think they announced the Gavin Verhey's secret event yet. Probably not. Yeah. That probably won't happen for like a month before it happens. Yeah, so uh, come back January 8th to listen to, to, to that. You're going, right? To Chicago? No. I thought you were going. I want to. It's way too expensive for oh. what we're able to go. Side note, real life stuff. Currently only living off one income right now. My wife is going back to school. so She's but, sort of working. She's sort of working. She's making tips. It's not enough to go to Chicago. No, it's not. I did, though, I did look at what it would cost to have uh, the Amtrak does go from Fargo yep. to Chicago. It's like a 13 hour trip and it's like 65 or $70 a ticket down there. Yeah. And I'm like, how great would that be just to like take an Amtrak to go down there, play magic the whole fucking time that you drive, or you're riding down there. But the thing is, I didn't see the return schedule. The, the, the only time the train was going down was the Wednesday before the event. Yep. And they didn't have a return uh, a return date on that as well. And I'm like, I don't want to be there longer than That's, I have to. This is where you get the one-way flight. Just get a one-way flight back. back I guess. But that's more money for a it, one-way flight. Yeah. Okay. Let's may, direct flight. We'll, but. we'll look into the numbers. Maybe <laughs> there's a potential, but I doubt it. Don't, no, ex- yeah. don't expect Matt there. I am definitely not going because I'm going to Vegas in April. Yeah, you fucking lucky bastard. That show is going to be so intense. 12 hours of music. Oh, my God. The uh, biggest fest that I got currently planned is the returning to Mad With Power in August. That's in Wisconsin. You want to go to Mad With Power in August, Danny? The podcast would be sponsoring it, like 90, 90% that it'll be sponsoring that one. Uh, that'd be fun. But you get to, uh, you get I see Jason Ashcraft. It would, it would have to. I would, we'll, we'll talk about that later. Uh, speaking of Jason Ashcraft, actually, Planeswalker, the band, they're on the move. They're going to be getting new stuff. They just announced... Oh, they the second just, album? They just announced today uh, a new t-shirt that is coming out uh, that you can buy from their website, which is a giant dragon in a cave that is blasting fire at goblins, burning them all to skeletons while one is running away with a bag of gold. Here, I'll pull it up. Oh boy, this is this is Niv Mizzet. This is a Niv Mizzet, but it's Jason Ashcraft, and the stuff is really fucking good. And you know, I think he'd be fine with a little bit of a a, a shout out there. No, he's for those who listen. You should check him out on Twitch. 
Yeah, he, uh, he's on the road to 1,000 uh, subscribers. There we go. Wednesdays, he plays Commander. So Yeah, and you played, was it just a couple weeks ago with him? Yeah. Yeah, playing with Jason on stream is very fun. He does Monday Night stuff as well. Uh, so, unfortunately, we are unable to <laughs> chat with him a lot of the time. Oh. Hold on one second as I adjust this to boop. There we go. So yeah, that art is intense. That's the t-shirt that's coming out. And I have uh, promising resources that say Planeswalkers, Planeswalker is working on something. <laughs> they be working. It'd be great to see Solza too. Dude, right? So to those that don't know as well, Sozo's Michael is the new singer of Glory Hammer. And yep. right now they are on tour. It has to be in Europe. Oh, yeah, they're in Europe. Yeah, in Europe with uh, Beast in Black. And nice. that would be a fucking sick show to go to. Yeah, they've been on tour for a while. Yeah, they drop a new stuff there. So go go listen to go listen to Glory Hammer. Listen to Sozos' beautiful voice. And also check out Planeswalker, their uh, Tales of Magic album that they dropped last it's been over two years now I and think. and if you are new to listening to us there is a uh interview with them like a year ago that's that's more with like us? three years ago is that it was, three years that was that was pre, was pre, that like right away that was pre-pandemic oh my god yeah was, well either way pre-pandemic go way yeah. back into that file and you'll, you'll find it you'll find it but follow jason ashcraft um back at what we were talking about before speaking of arena Cons of Tarkir is on Arena right mm-hmm. now. It dropped December 12th, uh, bringing more than 200 cards, fetch lands, and a draft environment to beloved players. Have you done any of the... No, I have draft? not touched Arena for the longest time. Good, because apparently the new format that they dropped, Timeless, on Arena as well the other week, I think we talked about it. If we didn't, there's a new format, Timeless. It's like historic, but with the banned cards, like you can play... Some of those older, crazier cards that they banned. I think fire is. Oh, it's the it's the non-banned historic, isn't it? Something like that. Whatever, whatever it is, you could play some of the janky cards, and you got magic players that are super hyped because now they got fetch lands in that fetch landing with brainstorm is every magic nerd's dream. So that's a thing. Timeless. Uh, so Tarkir on arena. Cons of Tarkir on arena. Um. Yeah, I don't, we're not going to read through the cards. If you want us to read through the cards, let us know. But link to the full gallery down below. There are dragons. There be dragon. Here be dragons. Uh, one last quickie here. Uh, MTGO Traders, a online service which toted to have the largest selection of MTGO singles with a great customer service based out in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. They made a tweet on the 15th saying that it has been our privilege to serve our customers for the past 20 years, but unfortunately due to a variety of factors, we will no longer be fulfilling orders through the website. Our bots will stay open to sell through existing inventory, but we will no longer be stocking new sets going forward nor restocking beyond what we have. Bot credits will be on sale and available for purchase for a limited time. Our staff and I have made a lot of friends on Moto, and I'm very thankful to all of you, whether you supported us financially or played me in Rainbow Stairwell 2HG 
Emperor or some other weird format that I enjoy. I will still be running my game store called Cape Fear Games, which is in Williington, North Carolina. If you happen to swing by our store, I hope you will stop in and say hi. I've met a lot of you in person at my store over the years, and it's always nice to put a face to a handshake to a screen name. Heath Newton. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I saw this tweet the other day. Yeah. One one less uh, card online card seller for Moto. I don't know much about the Moto economy and stuff like that. I know it can be pretty wild, but you can play fairly cheap on Moto right. for a lot of the cards because you know with with the increase or with the introduction of Arena, uh, a lot of the cards have gone up in price because a lot of people just draft on Arena instead of Moto. Mm-hmm. More of the hardcore grinders. The grind, if if you want to learn how to play Magic and like play your deck. Going to Moto is going to be the one. You got the depth of formats there that you can play Legacy, yep. Vintage, uh, Modern, and Pioneer, not Explorer kind of a thing. So, right, that, that's that's a thing there. You got the real formats. None of that Alchemy bullcrap. Indeed, but you wanna you wanna take this next one here? Sure. So. So play standard, Gibram was jumping in the action with the Year of the Dragon promos. Uh, in celebration of Lunar New Year, kicking off the events in February, there are new promo cards themed for the Year of Dragon for players to pick up. Uh, the promo One promo card, the first one is Dragon Lord Servant. It's a red one, Goblin Shaman. Dragon spells you cost, cast, or cast, cost one less to cast. It's a 1-3. Uh, it's a very cool looking guy. I don't know if it's a lion. No, that's a that that's a goblin. Is what they're looking What's well, a goblin looking. shaman, but it doesn't look like a goblin. Is it's, what I'm trying to get at. It has a big head, big nose, and pretty It's teeth. a dragon faced goblin. Uh next up we have Sarkon Unbroken. It's red, blue, green two. Legendary Planeswalker tap or plus one, draw a card, then add one of any color. One man of any color. Nig 2, uh, so, uh, create a 4-4 red dragon creature token with flying. Nig 8, search your library for any number of dragon creature cards, put them all in the backfield, then shuffle. He starts at 4. Um, And then you have a dragon token also. Well, uh, oh, that's that's for number 8, that's for 8-pack. Uh, for the token. Yep. Yes. Um, Of note, the artist Song Quinn is the one that Made the art for the Dragon Lord Servant, Sark on the Unbound, and the uh, 4-4 Flying Dragon Token. That token looks so fucking sick. It does. I like it. So, yeah, we can, these are going to be in the English promo, Japanese promo, and then Chinese Simplified. Um, Back on to the Apex Led League. Returns for 2024. Update for the new year. The APAC League is a year-long series of events featuring the standard format championship playoff and beautiful Year of the Dragon promo cards for players. Uh, through Lunar New Year celebration events running into March 31st, both promo cards above as well as a 4-4 Dragon creature token are available for players. Um, then across the four qualifying seasons at participating stores, Additional standard le- events and Year of Dragon promos can be acquired. So Qualifier Season 1 standard with Outlaws of Thunder Junction. Promo is a Steel Hellkite. That thing is so fucking intense. It is a dragon. It's nice. Art by Wally Station. 
they well, fucking knocked it out of the park. That's that's oh, an inti- for sure. that's an intimidating dragon. Yep. <laughs> uh, qualifier season two, modern standard draft or sealed with Modern Horizons three. Promo is a full art mountain. That mountain is so good. That is, I. You got a bunch of uh, eastern dragons flying around in clouded mountainscape. Mm-hmm. Red tinged pinks, oranges. Oh. Yep. Uh, Qualifiers season three is standard with Bloomborough. Promo is Karlov, Faye Cursed King. Korvald, Faye First. K- Whatever. Faye Karvald. Cursed. It's Karvald. Karvald. Kong Karvald. Beep, beep. Also, an intense, intimidating looking dragon here. Arts yep. also by Wally Station. Oh, I didn't say the, the basic land. The basic land is art is done by Schwick. T S W C K. Swick. Swick. Anyway, Qualifier Season 4 is standard with Duskmurrow House of Horror. Promo is Dragon Temptus. This is an intense one because it has the five. Elemental dragons from Kamigawa Neon Dynasty yep. uh, flying in the sky together. Art also done by Twisk, T-S-W-C-K. Yep. That looks beautiful. So each season offers players opportunity to qualify for the year, year-end year December championship event. Additional details for each qualifier season and December championship will be available later. So check with your local game store for the latest information and schedule. Um, note, APEC League events are... Available at participating WPN stores across ABIC outside of Japan. So. I imagine maybe Paradox locally would be the closest one for us here in the region. Yeah, but it's across APEC. But it's a let's see. outside of Japan. APEC League events are available at So it's only in the Asian. Oh, outside of. It's okay, only thought, in Asia. Yeah, this is only in Asia. I thought. So. When I heard that, I'm like, oh, you only. Okay, so yes. Yeah. America is going to um, have a hard um, time getting these. Exactly. Outside of the first two is across APEC, except for Japan. These problems. Never mind. Yep. Elsewhere, globally, standard showdown events are going on where these promos, the first two, the yep. Dragon Lord Servant and Sarkon, can be done between. February 9th and the 18th. Unless you want to go to Asia and play in these. I mean, if you're, if you're doing that, that'd hey, be fucking sick. Chris? Chris, our, our, worldly, our worldly German friend who travels so much. Fucking, he has a lifestyle. What, those pictures from his trip, to, his trip to Thailand? Man. And was it Thailand? Japan. It was Japan? Pretty sure he went to Japan. All right. Either way. Fabulous. Anyways. Mm-hmm. You ready to talk about some of the... Uh, Sure. The next big stuff here. So little, uh, oh, I don't know, not pre, uh, prelude. We saw we saw this pop up last week Monday, and I just skimmed over the article where it said Hasbro laying off eleven hundred workers, and I'm just kind of skimming. I was like, oh, it doesn't see, I don't see anything about Watsi. It's just probably Hasbro workers. Well, dear listener, that was not the well, case. Well, wizards are Hasbro workers. I mean, you're not wrong. You are not wrong on that part at all. So uh, due, due to my mis-air in just reading quickly, uh, we didn't get this news dropped to you. But taking an article off of GeekWire here titled, New Round of Layoffs at Hasbro Impacts Wizards of the Coast and Has the CEO's Memo to Staff. So... Last Monday, Hasbro announced 
Additional headcount reductions in an internal memo by Chris Cox, CEO, which are projected to impact 1,100 workers across its global operations. So this is everything. Hasbro, whatever the other subsidiaries are, Wizards of the Coast. And it wasn't clear on that right away when I read the thing. So (laughs) it is now clear. Multiple departments have since confirmed to be affected by the layoffs, including an art director and game designer for Dungeons and Dragons, and we know of a few more since then as well. Uh, GeekWire reached out to Wizards for more detail, and a representative just pointed to the Chris Cox internal memo and declined to comment uh, elsewhere on that. Um, Noted here in the article that the latest round of cuts comes after Hasbro said in January that it would eliminate 900 positions over the course of the following 18 to 24 months. The new layoffs appear to be additional cuts. Hasbro's total cuts are close to 2,000 at this point. Uh, It goes on saying the layoffs are part of an overall reconstruction at the company under Cox who moved to Hasbro from Wizards in February of 2022 as per the October earning report Hasbro overall revenue has been on the decline despite Wizards of the Coast continued growth. The report cites the sales success the sales success of Baldur's Gate 3 and Monopoly Go as a major successor for Wizards which drove 63 million dollars of incremental revenue between them in Q3. Conversely, soft toy sales, several expired licenses, and this summer's writers and screen actors guild strikes contributed to significant shortfalls in Hasbro's consumer products and entertainment segments. Uh, I do remember, I think they were projecting like Q2 that Q4 was going to be a very rough time as well. So, Well, when they don't, pr- they don't produce anything original, like Everything that they have is on borrowed IPs. For Hasbro, yeah. You got like Peppa Pig. You got, uh, why am I drawing a blank? Monopoly. And oh, why? there's so much more. Transformers is a thing. But, but I mean it's like, like all, their, all their stuff is based off movies and books. So yeah. if Screen Actors Guild closed or went down on one on strike, there's no mo- new movies where they can, hey, we're going to make this new Monopoly version of this game or we're going to make a whatever movie-themed Monopoly. Yeah. I, I wonder I wonder how Hasbro took it when Mattel came out with, with Barbie and did well during the writer's strike, the whole Oppen- Barbenheimer shtick. It's... But, Again, it's Hasbro. All they all they worry about is making money off of other people's ideas. Well, the big thing with Hasbro is like they got they got these IPs for things that it's like are just I don't know like more collector base. I would say like when they have when they like Hasbro Pulse, all those things that they have their toys that they're making. Mm-hmm. A lot of them aren't like I mean you can give them to a kid. Clearly, you can give them to the kid, but I don't know what like what much of appeal a kid is going to see in. You know the lightning bolt Nerf gun that's like that was like sixty dollars or whatever. What a parent's going to do that and have magic cards with it for sixty bucks? Right. That's just going to be an adult collector that would be picking that up. Yeah. As for like toys that Hasbro has, like yeah, they got a lot of toys, but I think maybe the biggest thing is like you know toys aren't doing too well in the world of global technology. No, everything's on the computer. Yeah, you're playing video games. Hence why Wizards of the Coast is doing so well. They got. Well, I mean, they got they got Arena, they got Moto, they have Dungeons and Dragons, which can be played online, but they all have physical product as well. Well, yeah, like what? But I mean, so Magic and Dungeons and Dragons—they're thirty years old. They've 
cemented themselves within the gaming community for what they are. Transformers is just as old, if not old. They are older because they came out in the 80s. Oh, yeah, for sure. Hasbro has their shit, but they're not doing anything. (laughs) Yeah, because kids don't want to play with toys anymore. So it's... Unless you're going after the adults with uh, quote-unquote collector items, you're not going to make money with the toy business. It's, again, Hasbro's on borrowed money. Is this going to... I think we mentioned this the other time when we were talking about the Q3 report and like how Wizards was doing so good and Hasbro wasn't. I think I brought the question up then. I'll bring it up now. Is there a higher chance for that Elta Fox takeover to happen to Wizards of the Coast again where they will come and be like, split split Wizards of the Coast from Hasbro? Is that going to be a discussion that's going to come up? Probably. In the near, in the it, it probably will. But, but, it's not ha- gonna, but it's not going to happen. Yeah, because Hasbro, if, as long as they got a, a hold on Wizards, like why would they? Why would they lose the thing that making them sixty three million dollars? Because they'd lose everything else. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. But it's like it's a question. Like, share the company is definitely beholden to the shareholders. And if shareholders are like, yeah, split it off. I want a part of just Wizards alone. I don't want no Nerf toys anymore. I don't want no Peppa Pig toys anymore. I mean, Hasbro did sell off their E1 Entertainment uh, thing that they bought like in 2019 or whatever, that movie Mm -hmm. studio. Uh, And a little side note, apparently through the grapevine, through little rumblings online, the Magic Netflix series is still in the works. I, I didn't see a date, but it's like, yeah, it's in post-production right now was the last update hmm. for the for the Netflix series. Well, if it's in post-production, then it's they're just doing the final touches on it. Yeah, imagine we're going to be getting some, like, ad. That'd probably be, like, a next year kind of thing. Yeah. Nothing mentioned as of the night of recording here. Hmm. Uh, so this week, the, the article from GeekWire goes on here. This article, uh, this week's layoffs can be seen as the latest chapter in an ongoing story. For all of its recent controversies, Wizards of the Coast has had a successful year, but it appears to be the only department at Hasbro that is doing well. Well, while Hasbro isn't exciting, uh, exiting the toy space entirely, it's refocusing its efforts onto, quote, Cox's, a uh, quote from Cox, fewer, bigger, better brands. Uh, Wizards' upcoming releases for 2024 for Dungeons & Dragons 50th Anniversary. This includes a long-anticipated rules update, which will see new editions of D&D Core 3 rulebooks. And also at PAX Unplugged, Wizards announced a number of new publications, which included a new nonfiction book about the development process of the original 1974 edition of D&D, a sequel to Gary's Gygax 1982 Adventure of the Lost Caverns of... Tissojakanth and Vecna, Eve of Ruin. Hasbro plans to recruit its real estate holdings, reduce its real estate. <laughs> Hasbro plans to reduce its real estate holdings and will exit its Providence Rhode Island office space at the end of its lease in January of 2025. It will continue to do business out of its offices in Pawtucket, Rhode Island. And then it has the full memo from Chris Cox below if you want to go through that and read it yourself by all means. But the the gist of it is, is like a lot of people lost their jobs, uh, got laid off from from Hasbro and Wizards. Uh, notable name, 
did I mention this pre-show or on the show? Paul Cheon, big magic personality, wizard staff, made a tweet saying that he was one of the staff let go at Wizards. So uh, I think that was pre. Well, there you go. Yeah, it's uh Honestly, it's not it's not too surprising. Like if they made the, if they made it clear if we missed it talking about it and it's just like escaped escaped our minds that Wizard or that Hasbro is going to be making layoffs in the next 18 to 24 months like last January. I mean, not too surprised, I guess, in retrospect. No, it's just well, it's kind of surprising when it's like, "Hey, we're laying off people at our money pit." Also, the CEO can have his $9 million bonus. Yeah, yeah. That's, I think that's, uh, no, that was confirmed. And like, because they got to like disclose that shit. Uh, Chris Cox got 9 mil bonus last month or whatever mm-hmm. and, and stuff. So we did the math. It's not enough to keep those 1,100 employees on for a full year, enough to keep a, f- uh, a few hundred. Yeah. Which, you know, honestly, a few hundred, more important. Uh, it, it's more, it's, any amount saved, arguably good, but at the same time, I don't know, a company just still has to make money. They're beholden to their shareholders, all this other begrudgingly negative shit that has to get talked about when talking. It's the corporate world where company saves money to pay one person, or they could pay a few hundred people money and make more money because of what they make. I don't know. The, the the most negative thing I'd say is just like, it's just slap to the face to be like, ah, oh, yes, you've had to make the tough decision of laying off 1,100 people. Here's $9 million. Like, right. I don't know. I get that a CEO is making tough decisions, but $9 million worth of tough decisions? Like, that money could have been used elsewhere. It could have been propped up. I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a corporate person. It's just a, it's just a feel bad. Yeah. And to add on to the feel bad here, uh, this one's not in the notes, but I got it pulled up here. Uh, Wizards employees got the new round of uh, Heroes of the Realm cards. Uh, Heroes of the Realm cards are these internal only cards that Wizards of the Coast makes, prints out, and distributes to teams throughout Wizards, ranging any any branch of Wizards, D and D, the Japanese, uh, the Japan branch, and Magic and stuff. So this one is Heroes of Kamigawa that were given to. Uh, Wizards employees for contributing to 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 all employees who contributed to the Ma- uh, Neon Dynasty event release that happened, referring it as to an all timer. I think it was still the best winter set of all time and stuff. And because of that, there's a Heroes of Kamigawa card, black, blue, white one for a four loyalty legendary planeswalker Kaito Wanderer. And it has a static of each spell you cast with a name printed in a Kamigawa expansion set. Cost one less to cast. Has a plus two open one seal Kamigawa booster pack and shuffle those cards into a booster pile. Look at the top four cards of your booster pile. Put two of those cards into your hand and the rest into your graveyard. Neg three, return a creature card with a name printed in a Kamigawa expansion set from your graveyard to the battlefield. Heroes of Kamigawa can be your commander. So these are only cards again given out to has or to wizards employees. Right. New card. And it's just funny that it like shows up now and uh it's like were these given to these employees after they got the boot, like the layoff some of the layoff workers. This this was probably handed out a week before the uh, oh hey, here's a list of those who lost their job. 
Yeah. And, and again, with that 1100, it's not all Wizards of the Coast employees that lost that. It. It's, it's also Hasbro no. employees and what other branches that they have. So it's yeah. not, it, it doesn't hit Wizards as hard as 1100 out of Wizards, but mm-hmm. globally it's 1100 from Hasbro collectively. Right. So I just want to emphasize that point. I feel like we've made it sound like Wizards got the brunt end of this. They probably, we don't know the actual numbers of who got laid off and how many numbers from what branch, but Wizards was affected. Yeah, Hasbro put that list out. We want to know. <laughs> Give us the list. Uh, also, a little last-minute addition here. I saw a Reddit post of someone that submitted a question to Wizards of the Coast customer service asking about one of their secret layers that wasn't shipped to them. And the secret layer reply back, uh, customer service reply back was something like, uh, due to current employment circumstances, uh, we're having a uh, we're backed up a little bit. Please be patient with us. <laughs> to, mm. to that answer, it's like, hmm, I wonder why they're backed up. Right, they, they lost some amount of employees, yeah. probably working in the customer service division. Yeah, of it's, secret. Layer. It's the those who are making the products go out are the ones who get cut first, and they wonder why companies wonder why they have. Shitty times and all that. Because while your your manpower is being cut, cut a CEO, you'll save millions of dollars. I mean this this can easily uh, diverge off into a uh, business one hundred and one. This week in business, where schmucks talk about business and stuff like that. But there was an article that was talking about like what is the appropriate pay for a CEO and stuff, and it's like, is it 1,000 times worth the uh, the the average person who works at that company's wage? Probably not. I was like, everyone agrees. A CEO should definitely be paid more. Yeah. But that egregiously more. Yeah, the the be. the wage should not be more than I think I think a thousand times over your lowest person. Yeah, I think everyone settled on like uh at most like a 20 times multiplier. So if like what what, what is like Hundred thousand would that be? No, that would be no. That'd be like a mil. Like, what's fifty thousand times twenty? Million. It's a million. Okay, yeah. yeah, it's a million. Yeah, I think a million dollars for a CEO would be okay. Maybe, possibly a twenty x multiplier on like a fifty thousand dollar wage. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I, I have no idea. But that was something that was like proposed as an option for CEO. Uh, not not just like Chris Cox, but just CEOs in general, because yeah, thousand x multipliers and stuff for what they're making compared to some of their employees are making. Mm-hmm. It's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, re fucking ridiculous. Yep. So, but anyway, moving along. Moving along. So Matt gets to this topic. Woo. We're something gonna, they never gets to do. Something I never get to do. We're going to the weekly winners, the conjured currency section now, and we're playing the game where Danny yeah, has a chance to get right. on the I, board. I am playing. Danny is playing the game, and how this goes is we use the weekly winners article from mtgstocks.com. Go check them out. They're wonderful site for price tracking uh, and just I seeing what you. cards are worth. Um, <laughs> we... Um, they talk about three to five cards that are moving up in price. Danny has to guess what format and for more points, why specifically that card Which is, I will not get. Is going up in price. And uh, yeah, we'll see how he ranks right now. Let's do a, uh, let's do a quick uh, recap here. 
of who's on the leaderboard. Casey, starting in November, he came up, uh, he, he played the game, and he has two full points. Anthony, also in November, has two full points. Me, starting in December, I have a point and a half. And Garrett, that lovely big G himself, has a two points and a quarter. Two points and a quarter. Well, my question is, can I scryf all these to see what formats are legal in? Whoa. Calm down, Big G. Tanny <laughs> drink. Yeah, yeah, baby. Um, Sir, sir, okay. there's a command for that. Yeah, exclamation point. Drink. drink. Yes. Okay, so you ready? Yeah, you can, if you want to type in, if you don't want to like look on the screen, if it's too far fuzzy away. Everyone drinks. All right, drink. Yeah, I, drink. I turned it so I don't have to drink. <laughs> Damn it, Danny. I'm just drinking water right now. Okay. All right, so let's start off the counter currency. Ready? Yep. Starting off, we have Return to the Ranks. This card jumped up 429% and is now at $9.99 as of Friday. This M15 card reads, White, White, X, Sorcery, Convoke. Reminder, uh, your creatures can help cast this spell. Each creature you tap while casting the spell pays for one generic or more or mana of that creature's color for the cost. And the card reads, return X creature cards with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. So again, jumped up 429%. It was at $9.99 as of Friday. Today, Monday, the 18th, market price $6.51. Average price $8.13. Foils of this card going for $24.99. European average €4.33. This has had a uh, all-time high of $24. Dang, which was last week. Which was last week. The non-foil. Uh, also, other printings, none. This is the only printing from Core 15 here. Return to the ranks. So, mm-hmm. Danny, why is Return to the ranks moving up the I'm price? I'm going to guess Pioneer. And it's because Azorius Control. Azorius Control. Well, I do know for a fact you are getting half a point on that. Pioneer is correct. But not because of Azorius Control, but because of that... Uh, Wild Goth Walker Amelia Benavideras Aguri deck mm. that we were talking about earlier, where the explores. So, because uh, it returns X creature cards with Mana Valley I 2 suppose. or less, they both are Mana Valley 2. Yeah. Uh, Amelia is black white, and Wild Growth Walker is one, green one. Oh, yeah, that makes so sense. It allows you to get those combo pieces back later into the game, and uh, along with Dina Soulsteeper, which is also a two drop there, as I was talking about in the Boggle Desk area. I, like I said, I just saw Azurius Control. It's like, or white. So I was like, I, this works, I guess. I'll just say that. Well, good news, Danny. You got half a point. You're one full Yay! point. You're one point away from tying with me. Yeah. One point and away. And your magic knowledge is a lot more than I am. Next up, we have Triumph of Saint Catherine. This is uh, a card. Commander. This is a card that is only in, has only been printed in the Warhammer 40k decks. It jumped up 161 percent and became a twenty dollar card on Friday. Today, Monday, the 18th, 
It is $19.02 and is an average price of $20.90. It does have another printing as the surge foil of it, which is at $80. So this card, Triumph of St. Catherine, is a white four human creature, 5-5, five, five, with lifelink that has, oh, geez, Warhammer names, Presidium Protectiva which is when Triumph of St. Catherine dies, exile it, and put, uh, put the top six cards of your library in a face-down pile. If you do, shuffle that pile and put it back on top. It has Miracle White 1. You may cast this card for its miracle cost when you draw it if it's the first card you drew this turn. So, uh, legal in Legacy, Vintage, and Commander. Has also Oathbreaker. Also Oathbreaker. Has an all-time high of $24.34, roughly about the time that it came out last year, November Mm -hmm. 22nd. All-time low was August of this year at 3 bucks, But now here we are, around $20. Triumph Triumph of St. Catherine, Danny. Commander. Commander. I have no idea why in Commander, but Uh, I'm I'm saying Commander. Okay. Well, Danny, Hmm. the forces be against you. This is actually a legacy deck. Aw, shucks. Yeah, believe it or not. It was a quarter of a chance. It was a quarter of a chance. So uh, it got it got like big previews during uh, Eternal Weekend Legacy in not Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, East Coast Town that mm-hmm. it just happened at. Big event. It got seen there in a Miracle-style deck because you're able to cast it off the top and you just get a 5-5 five five, along with up the beanstalk which would it would trigger to draw more cards in this uh, deck here of miracles blue uh, bant miracles deck and the only thing that makes it bant is the sideboard and up the beanstalk in the main otherwise it is blue white so yeah that is a zero pointer for you on that one Danny it's alright oh man don't worry you got a chance here you got a chance I believe in you. You're going to do better than me. Next up, we have Shadow Grange Archfiend. This card is from Crimson Vow Commander deck and jumped up 60% and is at $3.67. Not on the same level as St. Catherine, but up there. It's an 8-4 for 6 and a black. Let's read it. 6 and a black demon, 8-4. When... Shadow Grange Archfiend enters the battlefield. Each opponent sacrifices a creature with the greatest power among creatures they control. You gain life equal to the greatest power among creatures sacrificed this way. It has Madness, two black, pay eight life. If you, and Madness is if you discard this card, discard it into exile. When you do, cast it for its mana cost or put it into your graveyard. This card, as of today, is $5.76 market price, average $4.08. So it is moving up since Friday when it was $3. Crimson Vow Commander deck, it has a borderless version or an extended art version as well for $3.26. So that's all moving up there. Legal in Vintage, Legacy, and Commander has had an all-time high July 19th of 2022, around the same time that it released... And all-time low of a buck in 2022. So, yeah. Shadow Grange Archfiend. Sheesh. Just because of the madness cause, I'm guessing Commander. Okay. So, that's, yeah, Commander. I have no idea why. 
Commander, and no idea why. Yep. Okay. Well, let's read this together because I'm actually not 100% positive on this as well. I have a thought. Oh, and I think you're probably right. Um, so according to the article here that it went up 60% last week, and it spiked before. It was talked about on a recent weekly winners when it reached a $7.31 high mm-hmm. and drops back down. So this creature enters the battlefield. Each opponent has sacrificed their most buff creature. You gain life. Yep, yep, yep. Now let's get into why it spiked. Shadow Grange Archfiend seems to be going up because of commander play. Point. We've already included often in decks like Anya Falconrath, which is the madness vampire that came out in Commander 19. Black one, tap, discard a card, draw a card. Whenever you discard a card, if it has madness, untap Anya. Or Volrath the Fallen, which is a 6-4 black one, discard a creature from your hand. Volrath gets plus X, plus X till end of turn, where X is the discarded uh, mana cost. So that would give it a plus 7. Shadow, Shadow Grange would give Volrath plus 7, plus 7. Okay. But the Ancient One, new card in Ixalan, uh, Lost Captains in Exelon. We have a new commander that works well with Shadow Grange Archfiend, the ancient one who cares about discarding things, but there is some extra spice there. The Spirit God, the ancient one, which is a spirit god, also makes target player mill cards equal to the mana value of the discarded card. With a mana value of seven, Shadow Grange Archfiend can mill quite a few cards. You can target an opponent, but you can also mill yourself to get the Descent Ain't for the ancient one to attack and block. So just commander and ancient one there hmm. danny you got a half a point yay and cheap pickups you, you want you want to take the cheap pickups okay from i'll get that um let me get my things up since i couldn't actually have it up um or didn't want to have it up so first up we are masters of ceremonies uh it's sitting at 440, moving up. It's a white three creature uh, rhino druid. So at the beginning of your upkeep, each opponent chooses money, friends, or secrets. What the fuck? It's very my, my No, my page just like refreshed and oh. popped it back to the start. It's like, what the fuck? Technology, so, man. So again, for each player who, cho- uh, who choose money, you and that player each create a treasure. For each player who chooses friend, you and that player each create a 1-1 one, one green and white citizen creature. Uh, for each player who chooses secrets, you and that player each draw a card. That's really cool. That's a that's a group hug card yeah, if I've ever seen That's definitely a hug one. card. That's not, um, in your, that's not in your hug deck. No. No. So Master of Ceremonies has been identified by MTG Stocks Premium Penny Stocks uh, feature as a card that has reached its bottom and starting to a consistent uptrend. So moving along, we go to Tooth and Nail, sitting at 220, stabling out right now. Uh, that was a formerly known card for being over $15. Um, Honestly, I think it was at more at one point. But this I'm, is I'm just the saying, Commander Masters. Version. As of July, it was above $15. Let's take a look at the original printing. Had an all time high of $33.66, the original Dang. printing from Mirrodin. And, and that, then, that mirrored in printing is six bucks fourteen cents, and a foil of forty one dollars. Dang. Lastly, we have Dark Slick Shores sitting at five eighty two and slowly moving down. It is your green, or not green, blue black, 
Um, baffled and just baffled tapped unless you have two or fewer other lands. Yeah, that so. is the expedition box topper from Zenikar Rising. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's your uh, weekly winners for cheap pickups and most expensive. Boom! There you go. Look at this. It's like an hour, bro. Hour and twelve minutes of recording. Honestly, my, minus five because there's five minutes of uh, preamble there that we mm. did before before this. Um, go check out TCGSniper.com. They're a great price tracking website. You get notified when car, uh, cards that you want uh, move up or down in price, but also products as well. They're a great service. Uh, they have 15 items that you can put on for their free version that you sign up for, which is honestly worth it it's by itself. But if you go over there and make an account and say that the guys at This Week in MTG sent you, you get three months free of their Plus program, giving you unlimited cards to enter. So that that's more that's definitely more useful to the more savvy magic trader that's very interested in prices moving up and down. Highly check them out. Highly recommend to check them out. TCGSniper.com. Now, Danny, do you got anything else you want to add before we we wrap it up for a whole three weeks here? Right. Uh, everyone have a good Christmas um, and New Year. Play a lot of magic. And be ready to hear Matt's woes and cries about being sore. Yeah, we'll see if I'm able to move the microphone at all. And stuff, so. So, yeah. Well, I think I think it's going to be a fun, fun experience. It's been a long time since I've laced up my skates, so. Yeah. Oh, trying to get him, trying to get Danny to see if he'll come with me ice skating on Wednesday. Maybe. I'll have to talk with the wife. We'll let you know how it goes. So thank you to all you legendary magic folk for making it to the end of episode 213 of This Week in MTG. Mm -hmm. As we wrap up another episode, we want to extend our deepest gratitude to you, our incredible listeners and patrons. Your enthusiasm fuels our passion for all things Magic the Gathering, and we're honored to be a part of this vibrant community. Stay tuned for more exciting updates, discussions, and insights in the world of magic. Until next time, may your mana be plentiful and your draws ever favorable. Keep gathering those magical moments. Congratulations, you made it to the end of this week's episode of This Week in MTG. Your listenership means so much to us. Make sure to follow the podcast over on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or on the podcatcher of your choice. You can watch the live stream recording of the podcast every Monday night at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time over on YouTube and twitch.com slash thisweekinmtg. If you would like to get in touch with us, you can send us a message to our Facebook, Twitter, or send us an email at thisweekinmtg at gmail.com. For all these links and more, check out our link tree at linktr.ee slash thisweekinmtg. Thanks so much! And we got Deranged Angel saying, oh boy, Elder Danny on ice. Hey, leave me alone.